0: You're listening to Insights for Living with Pastor Bodju Oyemade. Pastor Bodju is the senior pastor of the Covenant Nation. All right, here was chapter 4 here in verse 1. It says here, that let us there for fear. Uh, that one, fear, there is, let's be, it's an attitude, a reverential attitude, is one of utmost, um, not just caution. But it has that underlying thing of, you know, some gravity. That's the word. That let us therefore fear lest a promise, which means that there is a promise, being left us of entering into his rest. It's like somebody saying that, all right, that search, uh, make sure when you're coming out, don't forget. I have left uh, right, a lump sum of money inside a particular room for you that will cater for your trip and your well-being in the country that you are going to for the next three years without doing anything. So what you will do is that you will go and search diligently because the journey might not be worthwhile, or worthwhile, or the value that you would have derived, you might not have without that lump sum of money. So God is saying, let therefore, let, or let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you shall seem to come short of it. So what God is saying here is that I have left a promise of entering into my rest for you and i want you to have a certain attitude because i don't want you to go through life without having the experience of this promise in your own life that is it tells us that we should be cautious here because we can go through life and a christian experience and get into heaven without participating in this particular promise And the New Testament is really the will of God, which is an inheritance, and which will be fulfilled by the promise, who is the Holy Spirit. But then it contains, the Bible tells us that we have a New Testament that is established upon better promises. And this gives us an indication, and it also says, you know, His divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him that called us to glory and virtue, ...whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. That by these promises you might be partakers of the divine nature. So there are promises that have been given unto us. And one of the promises there is called the promise of entering into his rest. These are things that are spelled out in detail and they're in the Bible. And I believe that in New testament there it's a document... ...that has these promises that God has given to us. I know people say thousands and thousands. I don't think it's like that. I believe that these promises, right, are a set number. These promises can be counted. They are not just, you know, endless. That, you know, we just have so many promises that nobody can really participate in them... ...throughout their entire lifetime. That there are certain promises he has given to us... ...and that he wants us specifically in our lives... To enter into the fulfillment of these promises in our lives. That he wants us to get to know the promise. And then he can create the experience of these promises through faith in our own existence. That as people go through things in life and we see things, and people face challenges. That what's going on is that God says, look, there are promises that I've given to you. You find out those promises and what is contained there, it goes beyond anything. That there are promises that I've given, there might be a promise that stays there, that once we see it and enter into it, you can never go through life in a lack. Never. So it's not an issue of me trying to believe God for this amount of money and believe God for that amount of money. It's a promise that he has given, that you enter into that promise and certain things that you participate in the divine nature of God. And he doesn't want us to go through life without, you know, on the outside struggling. But we live in the experiences of those promises. And one of them is the promise of entering into his rest. That we need to understand what that promise means. So that we can believe for the fulfillment of it in our experience. And we'll find out that it will eradicate a lot of prayer points that we are offering up in optimized ways that just this promise being fulfilled of entry into his rest will fulfill all of those things and even beyond that within our lives that will partake of Christ himself. And it says that there is a promise of entry into his rest. What is the meaning of rest? What it's telling us is the rest is a place, a fixed abode which is the, like the promised land, all right? It's a fixed abode. So God is saying that there's a fixed abode. There's a place that I have promised you in this life that you needed to enter into that place. Now, when you enter into that place, all of the struggles, and it says, a land you enter into after wanderings, which is all of the wanderings, there's a place of assignment, a place of fulfillment, a place of power, where you know on the inside of yourself, you are in the center of God's will for your life, where there is no scripture that can produce any form of condemnation inside you that you are out of God's will. This is the place that God has assigned to me as an individual, that I might be involved in something that is secular, but the the assurance of being in the center, bull's eye. And what that means is that things just begin to evolve there. When it says that you see it from your own works, it means that the things that are happening in this place, uh, you know, are coming from an outside force who is the Holy Spirit. It's like the earth bringing forth of itself, and he knoweth not how. So you enter into that place... And things just begin to evolve. You'll you cease from all the struggles, all the toiling, you know, all the, you know, troubles and all of that. You've entered into a place of rest. You've entered into a place, you know, of purpose, of power, of assignment, and all of that. And it says that promise is there. That you don't have to go through your entire life wondering and wondering. That there is a fixed abode. There is a place like the promised land that they entered into, and they were going to be there for the rest of their lives. And what happened from that place, all of the purposes and the things that God will have fulfilled in the nation of Israel will start getting involved, and those things start happening from that place. So it says there is that place there, and we shouldn't go through life without entering into it. So I want to teach on this, this particular promise here, the process of getting in. He says, for unto us was the gospel preached. And this is part of the gospel, as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that had it. So it says this was taught and preached to them, when he said they were going into the promised land, and it's also been taught and preached unto us, in terms of us also entering into this place within our lives as individuals. Where this will define, where your name will spread uh, all over the world in terms of, you know, people will come and when they call that name, people will recognize it because of the fact that, as he told Abraham, uh, there's a land I will show you. He said uh, to him, uh, and uh, your name shall be great, and greatness will come out of that particular place. Let's just turn to Hebrews 11 here. We'll say, further here about this particular promise here. Hebrews 11 and verse 8. It says that by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance. And as the seed of Abraham, we have this fulfilled in our lives that we are called out by God into a place, all right, that we will after receive for an inheritance. It tells us that it obeyed and went out not knowing whither he went so Abraham went out not knowing where he was going so the starting point of this is that we don't even know where this place of rest is that's is where we start out you know we don't know the place of rest but we know that there's a place of rest for us therefore we are not intimidated by the scripture that says that hold fast your confession Where we define confession as saying the same thing God has said about your life. If we are confessing for certain things, we might feel that when we hear it saying the same thing as God, we are not really sure whether this is what God is saying, so faith leaks. Do you understand what I'm saying here? But here we know that we are saying the same thing as God. That I can come out now and pace the floor. And I know on the inside that there is destiny on the inside of me. So I declare that I have received this place of rest. I have entered into the place of my assignment upon the earth, where the the operations of the Spirit of God are full-blown within my life. It's the place that God has assigned to me. It's a place that no man's eye has seen, no man's ear has heard, the heart of no man has conceived, but God has prepared this particular place for me, And I've demonstrated my love to him. This is the place where the spirit of God has revealed the deep things of God within my life. I can start making declarations in this particular place that I am. And calling into existence those things that be not as though they were. Describing that particular place and position as the scripture has promised. Without yet knowing where that place is. You understand what I'm saying here? The same way Joseph could have been declaring about the vision and his brother bowing down to him and saying that inside his room and pacing his floor. And this is how it starts and making the confession, so to speak, into thin air without knowing how it was going to be fulfilled, without knowing that he was going to be as prime minister in Egypt right beside Pharaoh. Without knowing all of that, he could have been pacing and making these declarations and this is where we start out. And we know that we are saying the same thing as God because he has promised us this rest. And then he goes on in verse 8 and says, By faith Abraham, when he was called out, sorry, verse verse 9, by faith he now sojourned in the land of promise. So what it says here is that Abraham started by going out and not knowing where he was going. And then after some time he now sojourned, he found that land of promise. Which means that God said, this is now the land. So we start out by making declarations, right? We are doing certain things with our hands, right? But we know that this is not, or it might be what, we, we know there's something that God has prepared for us. And we are declaring that, and we are declaring that, and we are declaring that, and we are declaring that. Then after some time, God shows you the land of promise. Which means that Abraham saw the land, that this is now the land right? God shows you the land. Let's assume the person, while they were, you know, just going to visit somebody in a hotel, they got in, and then God showed them that land. Something that he had showed them in the scripture was confirmed, and that became the land of promise that they know on the inside, this is the place of rest. This is what God has assigned unto me in life. This is what he has called me to do, As a person this is the fulfillment of this particular scripture this is not something that is done collectively to you this is something that god in a very specific and scriptural way shows you in a flash of inspiration that this is the place so you are now in the land of promise but you are sojourning there as a stranger which means that you have seen the vision but when we look on the outside, everything on the outside contradicts. Do you understand it? And the Bible says it's sojourned there as a, as a strange country. So you are there now dwelling, but it's still a strange country. All right? It's a strange place. Which means that everything around nothing depicts that. You're known on the inside. But when people talk to you, they still talk to you based on how they know you, what they see you doing, and all of that. So you are now there, but it says he dwells there in tabernacles there. What's the type of you going into the presence of God now and worshipping God and dwelling in the secret place of the most high in the context of that particular promise that He has given to you, that land, and you are worshiping God for the fulfilment of that particular thing. For example, I'm worshiping God for the fulfilment of something inside my life that is totally different from from, from, from what's going on right now. In fact, this level that I'm seeing, I'm in warfare, which means every time I'm seeing this, I have to go back in some spiritual exercise to erase from my consciousness what I am seeing now in, do you understand what I'm saying? All right, so this is a strange land, okay? So I, as I am, I don't think that I'm, I'm blessed, but I don't think that, you know, I'm doing well, you understand what I'm saying? Because there's something I'm seeing on the inside of myself all right? So you're there dwelling. And and so I'm I'm inside it, but in a tabernacle. Do you get what I'm saying here? I'm dwelling inside it in its spiritual forms. I I worship God in the morning in the context of that. If I walk around inside the office and someone says, ah, you're very happy today. Why are you happy? It's because I made contact with that thing in the morning. And and it created joy on the inside. It's not what's going on that is creating the joy. It's the contact that I forged with it. Like someone said, ah, your sense of humor is back. I said, I, I, said, I said, did he go at one time? said, he's back, you know. You know, you, 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 back. And he, suddenly you were very happy, you know, in the last few days. Well, maybe you forged contact there. And another level of joy, you know, comes on the inside of you. So they sojourned in that land of promise until there was a translation of the strange land now into that promised land where everything now changed. And it says here, okay, um, dwelling with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. And this is very important that you know you you relate with people that are, are, are have similar visions are, are pressing into similar things because evil communication will corrupt good manners. Are you following what I'm saying here? Yeah. Your friends tell us where you are going. If you cannot find friends like that, then stay alone. But you can't believe God for something that your relationships contradict. You cannot associate with people who don't have the same vision closely, and you will not lose your vision. You will lose it, right? They will say things to you. Are you following what I'm saying here? Yeah. You cannot have that kind. You can be office mates. You can talk about things. But you cannot be bosom, you know, friends and all of that, and they're hitting the nightclub at night. You're all right. You will soon get there. It's just a matter of time. Are you following what I'm saying yeah. All right? Because the people you choose to associate with, you know, will determine where you are going. So he says this, and don't forget, evil communication corrupts good manners, alright? Good manners doesn't purify evil communication. You understand this? Alright then. This podcast is brought to you by the Covenant Nation. For more information, visit www.insightsforliving.org. Thank you and God bless. You're listening to Insights for Living with Pastor Boju Oyemade. Pastor Bodju is the Senior Pastor of the Covenant Nation. For I looked for a city. So you don't, you don't join them to change them. You stand away to change them. So they come and meet you where you are. Do you understand what I'm saying here? Yeah. Okay, that's what I'm trying to tell you. For look, if you join them, they will change you. Okay. For I looked look for a city, that had what? Foundations, whose builder and whose maker was God. So they were particular. They were looking for a city that already had foundations, whose builder and whose maker. That They had to see signs that this thing, God has already worked here before I got here all right that had foundations whose builder and whose maker was god so they were looking for that they were you know out there they, that's what they were searching for and god says there is that place of rest for you as a person that place that i've assigned all right to so you as a person i just want you to know this first and then to understand the principle is just one principle that will get you in it is not complex and that's what Paul was saying, or the writer of Hebrews was saying in chapter 3, and it's called faithfulness. What he says is that Moses was faithful to him that appointed him, Jesus was faithful, and all God demands of you is faithfulness. Which means that you have got to be faithful to God, and you have got to be faithful to men in your life in order to get them. You don't have to, you know, try to get there. Just follow the principle called faithfulness, being faithful. And as you are faithful the same way Joseph was faithful, and hold fast your confession, all right? But make sure you are faithful in everything that you do. Be faithful. Make sure you are a faithful person, faithful to God, faithful to man there, and the thing will start manifesting. Not a long process. One promise, the promise is entering into the rest. One principle gets you there, the principle is one of faithfulness. And it's this principle that is under massive attack, alright? Okay, in the body of Christ. Which means in terms of, you know, people understanding. That's why in the world of commerce, you know, people are not even going as far as they should because of this thing called faithfulness there. that The Bible says that it speaks about a faithful man who can find. That it talks about a person being faithful there. Which means that you're a faithful person. You understand the principle of faithfulness. That every man proclaims his own goodness, but a faithful man, the scripture says, who can find. Now we're coming back to Hebrews here, chapter 3 here. Let's go to Micah, Micah here. right, Micah is minor prophets, okay? Minor prophets is after major prophets. Major prophets is Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel. Daniel is the beginning of minor prophets. That's what we call minor prophets in the Bible. Maybe they did What they are saying, the prophecies were in too many. Not that the anointing was small. Okay? <laughs> All right. So, Micah here, chapter 2 here, and verse 10. And don't forget this scripture for the rest of your life. It says, Arise ye and depart, for this is not your word, rest, because it is polluted. It shall do what? Destroy you, even with a what? so destruction. So as you are going into that place of rest, you will go through places that are polluted. And God says, Arise. This is not your place of rest, for it is polluted. That your mind be moving on, and probably that's why it says it's a city. That word city is like a group of people, relationships that has foundations. Whose builder and maker is God. You get in there and you find out that this is pollution here. Now it might seem like there's some benefits that can accrue to you. And this is what faithfulness to God is all about. And you'll be tested this way. For it's a journey where you'll have to pass certain tests. In fact, in the wilderness, it's about 10 tests that they had to pass. And I believe that there are 10 major tests. That you have to pass in order to be able to enter into this so it says arise this is not the place of your rest it's polluted i remember some young folks they come from london and they're doing things you know and they were asking me about their involvement with some people in the business and was big business i mean at the biggest level but they said look the corruption and the guy you know both of them want to go into full-time ministry they they asked me a question is that to tell us the truth? If we dabble into this kind of things and get ourselves with this kind of corruption, that, and we are, we are struggling, we will be able ever after we have known that we are called of God and we have tasted the calling, laid hands on people, that we go back into this kind of thing. Will we will ever be. I said, You can't come out of it. Forget about ministry. You won't be able to do it. You can't, God has show you that, that, you've done this, preached and all that, and then you get into doing corruption where they say you have to take an oath of secrecy. Oh, no, that's the way they do it now. You don't know? You don't know? Okay. You have to swear to an oath of secrecy here, right? That you are not going to disclose uh, all these things that I will show you. That's how it is. When you get home, go on YouTube, type the speech that killed JFK. Two minutes, 43 seconds of the speech that killed JFK. Two weeks after he said it, they put the bullet in his head. Read what, just listen to what he said about the group of people who through an oath of secrecy controlled the world. Where he wanted to take them on, they put a bullet in at it. Who they are, nobody knows. You understand what I'm saying here? Yeah. But it's there. Just type the speech that killed JFK. You hear? And that shows you the kind of thing. So it's that level of corruption that is there, and it says arise, which means you start seeing that. That won't start dragging you showing you know teaching you things that you know nothing about all right bringing you into you know and all of that you know it looks like oh there's some promise here but they're bringing you into things telling you you know drawing you and you know that this is you know just get up let me tell you this anything satan offers you by temptation is because he knows you will get much more in god if you wait did you hear what i said to you anything satan comes to meet you and offers with any form of temptation, he knows that if you wait, just wait a wait, right? That legitimately you'll get everything in God. So you have to say like Abraham, I've lifted up my hands to heaven. Alright? Another thing is that he wants to destroy your testimony. So that by the time you start talking about your testimony, it's time to keep quiet. We know five years ago, what is that building into. Amen? All that thing he's talking about which God. Well, you may, and the funny thing is that you might look at your life, look at what they are saying, and look at your life, and look at what God has done, and know that that thing had nothing to do with it. But they've almost branded you with that thing. All right, I'll never forget what Mario Jones said. I've said before, that she went to jail for about three years for taking sub, um, drugs, steroids, to run. And they asked her, Morgan asked her on CNN, did you need the drugs to win the race?" Said at the age of 14, I was already in the Olympic team. 16, I was taking out everybody in the world. I didn't need it. I would have been an Olympic champion and done all of that without it. That I did, that the most painful part was that when I was in prison, I would shed tears because I knew I could have won all those races without any substance. But you see, they have now painted everything about her career as though even when she won when she was 14 years old, leave her alone, it must have been drugs she's taking. Do you understand what I'm saying there? So every effort you put into life is destroyed by that small seed. Every labor you put in. Every principle you practice. They just brand everything that is that way. Do you understand? The king of Sodom will not have said, leave Abraham alone. What he saying? Which would land? I'm the one that did everything that did that. All the hearing from God will have disappeared. All the going out into a land, all the boldness, all of that will have disappeared by the involvement. So let me tell you this. Separate yourself from corrupt people. Though. Do you understand what I'm saying here? Don't because they will. They listen. Corruption takes your soul. Don't double. You dine with the devil with a very long, long. You understand what I'm saying here? Don't think you are smarter. Don't ever think you can play that game. Do you get what I'm saying? Huh? Don't let it cross your mind that you can play that game. Don't. Go, there to the book, go back to Hebrews three here. Hebrews on chapter three. So I look at the divine way to get in there. Says we're not going to do this. Hebrews chapter three here. First of all, read verse eleven. He said, so I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. So these guys here, they they did certain things that made God swear in his wrath. Which means in his own anger that they are not. That these people that behave this way shall not find that place that I've ordained for them. They will not. They will go through life wandering. They will never enter into that place. ...that have ordained. That place where things will just have been evolving, they will never. They will go through it, they will be praying, but inside their soul, there will be, it will be neurotic, which means... ...they will suffer from what's called confusion of faces without clarity of purpose, you know, and all of that. Vision being very clear. That will not be there because of the way they handled certain things. And where did it come from? Look at verse 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus... Who was faithful to him that appointed him. Now, it starts by you understanding this principle. And get this into your spirit. You must always be faithful to the person that appoints you. If you get any appointment in life, you have got to be faithful to the person that made that appointment. It's a law. If you get an appointment in life, uh, you understand what I'm saying? They give you an appointment in life, and somebody appoints you. For example, let's say that um, there was a lady once who got a breakthrough on one station. This was abroad. And she was appointed by one big boss in the, in the, in the, in the TV station, the television station. And she was leaving that station to go to another station. And somebody asked her a question about leaving, and she started. She said, Listen, I can't, I can't go further. She said, "Listen, this was the man that gave me my shots. This was the man that opened the television. I cannot say anything derogatory. You You should understood that. Listen, even if the people on the outside find it popular for you to behave that way, you are breaking a covenant. All right? You can be politically right and spiritually wrong." This podcast is brought to you by the Covenant Nation. For more information visit www.insightsforliving.org. Thank you and God bless.